With your help, we've reached episode number 30. Thanks for sticking with us. What you're saying basically is, and this is so true, uh, and I do work a lot of hours because I love what I do and I like my, my work, it's my hobby, it's everything, I love it. But there are times I have to walk away and go away for a couple of days. And in that downtime away from the technology and away from the hustle and bustle is when some of your best ideas come. So that, that would be the metaphorical laptop on the beach. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. My guest today is Nancy Gansakoffer. Nancy, welcome to the show. And if you don't mind, if you can tell the audience a little bit uh, about yourself personally, and a little bit about your professional successes, which are, you know, they go over a whole broad range of industries that maybe you can tell us exactly how you, you really, you uh, started from your early days to where you are right now. I'd be happy to. Thank you so much for having me here. I love, I love this topic of being happy with your nine to five. It's really so important and it's always been really important to me. Um, so I have quite a, a lengthy background, but I'm going to try to condense it for your listeners and just kind of give you the highlights and a little bit of the lowlights, which happens to all of us as well. Uh, so I started after college working for a bank. I think I started out being a collector, right? People being asked due on their credit cards. Um, over 10 years, I moved up quickly to assistant supervisor, supervisor, manager, and by the end of my 10th year in that career, I was the first vice president of a mortgage servicing department, running three departments of 50 people and having vice presidents under, under me. I really loved the corporate world. I was really one of those corporate geeks. I loved putting a suit on, loved going to work. But at around the eight-year mark, wasn't as fun because I had had a baby. And I was bringing this poor child to daycare every single day in my building and um, the baby, my baby was not happy. It cried a lot, didn't like being in daycare, and that started causing me a lot of anxiety. So when I got pregnant with my second, I actually decided to take a package and leave the bank. And I tried to do the stay-at-home mom thing, now with two young, you know, two, a two-year-old and, and an infant. And that worked okay for a while, but I started finding I was getting antsy. Like I needed adult interaction. I wanted to do something different. I wanted when my husband came home at night for me to be able to go and do something. So I decided to get back in shape uh, and to start maybe a new career. I went back to a university. So that was about a six month program. I felt like I was going to be a doctor. It was like crazy, physiology and physiology, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, I never even knew what this stuff meant, um, but it was great. When I came out, I was in great shape. I actually was hired by that organization to train the next level of personal trainers. I also worked out of New York Sports and Fitness Club training men and women. And I created a gym in my basement. So while I was home with the kids, I could have other moms over who I met in play groups and I could train them and they did pay me to do that. It took a little longer than an hour sometimes with the kids around, but we got it done. And that was a really great time in my life. I felt like I was a good mom, home with my kids and also um, helping other people, which is one thing I always like to do. You're trying to get the, the balance you know, back into your life. That's what it sounds like. Always trying to get balance back in my life. That was probably always my greatest struggle. So that was a good pickup. 
Um, and, and then I got pregnant with my third and he was born with a heart anomaly. It was called transposition of the great vessels. It was pretty serious. He made it through open heart surgery at five days old, but he was quarantined years. So that was a tough time where we had to, you know, I had to raise two other children and have a quarantine baby, but we made it through and he's fine today. He's 18 and he's a freshman in college. Uh, and doing very well. So uh, it was actually a full repair. So we're, we're lucky. Uh, but after he went back to school, I thought, okay, what's my next step, right? Um, so one day my mother called, who was an artist living in Las Vegas. She's still there today with my father. And she said, I, I have all this artwork. I'm just going to give it away. And I was like, why would you do that? She's like, I'm, I don't want to sell it. I just want to paint. Well, I said, you know what? Send it to me. I'm in New York. Send it to me. I'll see if I can figure out what to do with it. So I got this big pile of artwork, I think two or three packages. I couldn't believe how prolific she was in painting. So P.S. I started going, hmm, what can I do with this? Let me start having home art parties. That'll satisfy my desire to create something, create a new business, and also get me out socializing with my friends when I'm home with the kids all the time. And I did that. It was really quite a pathetic time in my life. I would work 70 hours to pull off a party that made me $60 and it made my mother $60. It was, it was really bad. Wow. And I had a lot of naysayers in my life, you know, like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Um, you're not making any money. And I just kept going, you know what? I'm, I'm, I don't like naysayers. I don't give up, right? I'm going to figure this out. I know I'm onto something. Um, and sure enough, one day, about a year and a half into this venture, uh, where I was also having, you know, showings of my mother's artwork in, in coffee shops and little galleries. So I was doing more than just the home art parties. However, it really wasn't where I wanted it to be. And one day an interior designer walked into a party and said, um, pointed to a piece of artwork. It was a beautiful beach scene. And she said, that's the perfect piece of artwork for my client's home. Um, and I was like, ooh, like excited. It wasn't even my mother's piece. It was another artist that I had taken on at that time. And she said, can you bring it to the client's home for me to see if she likes it? I said, sure. And then when we get to the home, she's like, can you help us pick out framing? I'm like, absolutely. You know, you're talking mats, frames, glass. I didn't know what I was doing. But I just said yes to everything. And I figured it out. Went to a local framer. He gave me frame corners. He taught me a quick lesson. He showed me how to frame it. You know, I had pictures of the home. Uh, and from there... I realized interior designers were my ideal target market. They had the clientele that would appreciate a service like mine where I carried artwork around. So I proceeded to find out where they hung out, well, right? Because anyone who's out there listening, if you're starting a business, you always want to try to figure out where your ideal target market is. So once you realize who they are, you got to go find them. So I uh, did a bunch of Googling and searching and I found the Interior Design Society Long Island chapter. I went to a meeting. Within six months, I was vice president um, for two years. Two years after that, I was president. Then I became a national board member. And now I'm the um, first president of a chapter I created, which is the virtual chapter now that I know all this technology. Uh, and I closed Expressive Living, which is what that company was called, Expressive Living Art and Framing. I closed it down eight months ago. I had two employees in the house. It was making a lot of money. But I decided at 50 years old, I didn't want to carry stuff around for a living anymore. I wanted to do something different. And over the years working with interior designers, 
I seem to have become the go-to person when it came to leadership, sales, growing a business, marketing, um, how to speak to the clients uh, and how to not make it about you, but make it about them. So I was getting a lot of, I was giving away a lot of free, you know, advice, which I love to do. I never minded doing that for my clients, but I thought, you know what, my next stage of life, I want to travel. I want to be more mobile. Um, I think I'm going to start coaching like when I was personal training is coaching, like being a manager at a bank is coaching. Uh, so I decided to hang my shingle as a coach. And right away, I had a lot of interior designers come to me, which I was so grateful for. And now I closed it down. It's two years and four months in, and I'm doing very, very well as a coach. I have clients all over. Wow. Wow. So that, that is quite a, an array of jobs that you've had and positions that you've had. And, you know, as we're trying to string this all together, or I'm, I'm sure you've had time to observe and live through this, but, you, you know, mortgages, artwork, personal training, um, you know, networking, and then, you know, moving on to the world of technology, you know, this is definitely, uh, you can't say that there's a particular industry of any of these that was the right one. What do, you, what do you think, in your opinion, was the thing that kind of led you to each step as you were moving along? I mean, one thing for sure is I love to coach people. I love to teach people. Um, and I'm a believer in leading your own life to where you want it to go. And it, it does morph and change, kind of like an artist's life, right? It, it doesn't always end up, you don't start out the way you always end up. You learn a lot in your journey. Um, and everything that I had before coaching led me up to coaching. And I'm finally in the space where I know I'm meant to be. I, I coach all types of creative entrepreneurs. I, I coach other coaches. I coach web designers. I coach interior designers. I coach men. I coach women on how to go after the life they really want and fight through the fear and learn what they need to learn in order to make it successful. So it's, there's lots that goes into it. It's not an easy path. And I'm not the coach who's going to say, you know, oh, hire me and in a year you'll be making millions. It's not the way it is, right? It's hard work. Mm -hmm. It's learning along the way, personal growth and business lessons. Um, and I just, I love what I do. I get to grow businesses every day with other people and then watch them be successful and start again with somebody else, right? It's, it's what right. I've done, right? Start and stop and start and stop. So now I get to do with other people and help them do it awesome so there's so many points that i uh, you know i want to head you know focus on i don't know if we'll get to all of them today but the first and foremost is you know i speak to people about you know what what were they passionate about and in order to love your nine to five in order to love whatever your job is you have you first have to define what it is that you like doing and you know that itself some people don't even allow themselves to think along those lines yes um but what you said something amazing. People assume that passion is this high, lofty mountain somewhere where they have to trek up and go high, high up on this you know, dangerous, treacherous mountain. When they come on top, there'll be this golden palace right. called passion, and that's where they will reside until death do us depart. Uh, but you, you just brought something up which is phenomenal, uh, which is, that is not true. It's fluid. It moves. It changes. Your life changes. Uh, we live in life stages, whether or not you have a family. I certainly can relate to having a family. I have my own bunch. And, and as 
life changes where you should be and where you're supposed to be and the direction which you're going is constantly shifting and changing. So it's, it's not necessarily a, a problem or something that's, you know, that's not consistent. If at one point being a mortgage broker, manager, you know, uh, executive, and at another point being a personal trainer, which are so different, completely different. I mean, it's beautiful how different they are. And, and then moving on to artwork and moving on to being frustrated by watching others in the art industry, you know, some of the creatives who are not necessarily in tune, you know, with the dollars and cents and, and systems and networking and marketing or marketing, uh, you know, of, the, <laughs> uh, of their products and, you know, kind of realizing that at this point, this is what's right for you. And, you know, you said so yourself that you're at a stage where you feel that you want to stop carrying heavy things and going in and out of people's houses. And now it makes sense for you to kind of, you know, now you're setting up your stage that this is where I should be. I mean, that is something which can be so encouraging for people who feel like this passion is this elusive thing. It's not you do 10 steps, you're there, and then just wait there for the rest of your life. And truth be told, I don't know if you're thinking along this way. I don't know if this will be your last stop. It's a journey. It really is a journey. It's about the journey, right? It's not about it. And another point is, so I've heard from so many different sources and people that I've spoken to and from other podcasts or books, and from personal experience as well, is that one of the litmus tests for finding the, the professional expression of that which you're passionate for is if you would do it for free. And you pointed out that in hindsight, that you've been giving advice and you've been coaching people since your very first job and probably even before that, if you think My back to your childhood, your whole life. <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, that you know, your parents said if you would stop talking, you would get yourself some, some good grades finally. but Ultimately, yeah, that, I mean, that was the thing I was always in trouble for, for talking too much. And in my group of friends, I was the person people went to for advice, right? So sometimes I tell people when they go, well, I just don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I enjoy doing. I'm not sure. It's hard to figure out. Sometimes when I tell them to go back to their high school years, their later high school years or early college years, if you went to college, what were you known for? What did you enjoy doing back then? And it's really interesting. After they tell you all the bad things they've done, they go to, <laughs> they go to, I really used to enjoy something, right? And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about whether there's a business in there somewhere for you, you know, or something like that, or something that brings you back to that feeling. And it's amazing how people light up when they go back to those years and think about what they used to love to do. Right. And you open up for them the possibility that they can actually, you know, business doesn't have to be suffering. And then whatever they enjoy is whenever they could sneak in or steal some time from whoever they're supposed to be working for. It can come together and you can actually create a business. That's a real possibility. And I'm sure you see the light bulbs go on when they mm -hmm. say, I can really make money doing that. You know, that's what I do for vacation. So I do for fun. You know, and uh, how could that be that you can make money off of it? But you can, you know, you and that can. definitely and makes again, sense. No, I don't want to be where you follow your passion and you're never working another day in your life. I've heard people say that, you know, I only work two days a week. And you're like, you work two days a week and you're making that kind of money. And when you really start investigating it, they mean the other three days they're doing the parts of the job they like. So they don't consider this work. Listen, I love what I do, but it's work. 
it is work. I mean, it's definitely not like, oh, I come, I do jump out of bed every day. I'm excited to talk to my clients. I'm always thinking about them and trying to come up with different ways I can get through to them or move them or maybe give them a great business idea that they never saw themselves because that is one of my fortes is that I see things that other people don't see sometimes. Um, but it's still work. Right? right. I mean, sometimes people think of, you know, uh, if I would find that ideal position or business to start or create or manage, then it would be the same thing, the same experience that I get when I'm on vacation. I'll have that all day. And really, that thinking <laughs> is stupid, um, if I can say so. And it's just flawed because flawed. in order for us to feel fulfilled and happy, there, there are two separate things. One of them is expressing our skills in a field that we're passionate about or through a service or a product or spend time with people that we care about, um, you know, doing something that we care about and that will make uh, that which we do enjoyable and fulfilling. It's not relaxing. When you want to go on vacation is our bodies, our minds, our psyche. We, we need to, at a point, stop for periods of time and every person is different uh, in order to rejuvenate and to focus on other things, being less productive or and focusing on other areas, that's not a healthy way. You know, those pictures of taking your laptop to the beach, besides for the fact that you won't be able to see and the battery's going to die and sand will get into the keyboard. <laughs> and it's going to get just, really hot. <laughs> it's going to get, exactly, get really hot and there's probably no chargers out there. That's just like the, that's like the dumbest thing in the world. If I'm at the beach, I don't want my laptop. I have my well, laptop. I, <laughs> I, am want... a worker, I am a workaholic, but I won't go to the beach with my laptop. My phone, yes. But, um, but not my laptop. No, and you know what, what you're saying basically is, and this is so true, uh, and I do work a lot of hours because I love what I do and I like my, my work, it's my hobby, it's everything, I love it. But there are times I have to walk away and go away for a couple of days. And in that downtime away from the technology and away from the hustle and bustle is when some of your best ideas come. When your mind is calm, you have time to think. It's not one email after another or one client after another or one phone call after another. In that quiet time, sometimes when that little epiphany comes and you go, you know what, that's the direction I need to go in. Just being quiet with yourself is often exactly what you need. So that, that would be the metaphorical laptop on the beach. No laptop on the beach. Metaphorical. Because yes. <laughs> when your, you're your physically on the beach and your brain is in a little bit more of a calm space, you're still you're utilizing that temporary relaxed state of mind to come up with new ideas, which, which is something that should occur naturally. Obviously, you can't force that or nothing would happen. Uh, another excuse you know, people give is you know, the technology, regardless of, of somebody's age, when you adapting to the world around us where so much of i mean your business is now exclusively online and like you said earlier that you know you're not one of those technology people and and um you're also not 18 or or 14 when you know when you're supposed to learn all this stuff and become gurus at it but you right. knew this this was a direction you needed to go in you knew this made sense and like you can do this if you can 
run a mortgage company, even if you're 60 or you're set, which you're not, <laughs> or 70, but th there are people who- 53, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> I'm proud but, of my age. <laughs> but the, the, the point is that it, it doesn't matter. It, a lot of it is, is a mindset. You know, people say, oh, that's, that's stuff. You know, people put a line in the sand. Like for some people, it's the fax machine that they'll never understand. How does the paper go through the wire? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And for them, anytime, no, I don't fax. Now, obviously, that's an extreme example, and people actually are like that. But oh, yeah, you can, people are like that. That's not that extreme. Yeah, yeah. people say that. I don't do that. I don't know how to do that. I yeah, don't yeah. want to learn how to do that. And you know what that is? That's a growth That's a, a, a growth mindset person who says, how can I figure out versus a stuck mindset, right? Someone who's yeah. not willing to say, how can I? They just say, I don't do that. Exactly. I mean... Uh, another point I want to go back to also is when you were in your client's bathroom holding out the piece of artwork and the interior decorator is asking you, can you frame this? So you, your initial reaction was, yes, I can, of course, even though you knew absolutely nothing about it. Nothing. Um, uh, which obviously is, again, that's the can-do mindset. Uh, you knew that somebody can do it and the people who can't do it were not born with a different type of brain or different they have a third set of hands or you know extra set of eyes or whatever the human beings just like you if they could learn it you could learn it that you may never be as good as them but if one person wants a framed you can figure it out or you could pay someone to do it and you just get I'm it done not, and i wasn't framing it for them i was just helping select and actually now that i think back in the beginning i used to cut the mats i bought a mat cutting kit and i was cutting mats in my basement oh i haven't thought of that moment in a long time um, but yeah, there was a time where I couldn't afford to, to pay people to do things. So I did learn what I needed to learn. But then I did at some point hire somebody before I could afford them because I found I wasn't spending as much time with my kids as I wanted to. And I thought, you know what, I'm never going to be able to grow this business to the next level. So I'm going to take a leap of faith, hire someone before I actually need them in order to grow into having that employee. Wow. And I did. And that was really scary. I'm like, yeah. okay, now I'm responsible for paying this person. It was 20 hours a week, but it was still money I wasn't bringing in. So then I basically said, okay, now I got no choice. I have to figure out how to get up to the next income level. And uh, she was with me for, I always say it wrong, she'll yell at me, 13, I think 12 or 13 years. And I actually recommended her to the other art consultant here on Long Island in New York to work for her because I felt bad that I wasn't running that company anymore. Wow. Wow. So that is something that, you know, you see so many entrepreneurs or, you know, uh, solopreneurs, you know, with one man shows where they, they're skilled in a certain area and they, they spend so much of their time doing administrative tasks that others can do because they don't have uh, enough income or any income at that point where they can't afford uh, you know, to pay somebody, but at the same time, they can't afford not to pay somebody. And that's a leap that many people get stuck at that point. It is. There's plenty of places to hire people that are inexpensive to get a little bit of your time to be freed up so that as CEO of your company, you can be the face of the company, the one creating the collaboration, the one being on podcasts, the one thinking of the next level and, and marketing, as opposed to doing all the administrative work. And it is important to take that leap of faith and hire someone, even if it's part-time to start, to allow you to, to, to go out and find the business. Well, yeah, that, that is something perhaps that I'm struggling with. 
um, right now to find someone to do some of this stuff so I can meet more people like you and create awesome content. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a particular book that you would recommend to our listeners that has been influential and something that that has worked you know, for you and that you think that others can gain from it as well? There are so many books. Okay, but there's one that I read recently that really registered. And the reason why I'm looking on my phone when I'm asking your when I'm answering you is because I do all my books on Audible at this Awesome. Point. Okay. And I listen to it at 1.5 speed. <laughs> We're on the same page here. And okay. And sometimes I do buy the book. I have a whole bunch of books over here because I want to highlight so much that I need to buy the book. Um, but there's one book that really was such a light bulb moment for me when I listened to it that I'm actually listening it to it again in order and telling all my clients to buy it. And it's called The Big Leap. You ever read okay. it? I did not. The Big Leap by, um, oops, now I'm actually playing it, just trying to get the author, Gay Hendricks. Okay, well, I'll definitely look into that. What, what do you find is the, the big idea from there that makes you recommend it to all Thank of your clients? I'm not going to use their words exactly because I listen to so many books. I don't remember their words exactly, but I will tell you what it did for me. It made me realize that there are points in my life where I stop myself from being too happy or too prosperous financially because of things that I hold in my heart from my past or from my current. I'll give you one example. Like if you're in a great relationship, but somehow you keep sabotaging it yourself and you know you're doing it and you don't know why. It could be because you're looking at other people around you and you're like, it's not really fair for me to be happy. So they're happy too, right? It could be coming from a parent. It could be coming from a friend. It could be coming from an ex. It could be coming from your children, right? But it's, it's not coming from them, actually. I should say it's coming from you. So it's the same thing financially. When you're growing a business, you could be sabotaging your success in growing a business because who are you leaving behind if you continue to grow financially? What is that going to do to your relationships? And starting to recognize these ceilings that you put on yourself and understanding where they're coming from is like a like a moment. Wow. Wow, that is so fascinating. Basically, we have to get out of our own way. Um, but in a, in a much deeper way by kind of getting over those self-limiting beliefs. Again, I didn't read the book and I'm looking forward to reading it on Audible. Like Pro it. Probably 2X. <laughs> Some, sometimes three. <laughs> Couldn't keep up. It was raising my blood pressure if I listened to it on 2X. <laughs> so I go down to 1.5. I'd rather do 2X and listen to it twice. Yeah. Than it's actually... a, and I do that sometimes. I do it to a lot of the books on, on Audible. That's uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's, I listen to a fault that if there's a conversation in the next room across the office, I'll have to be listening to it regardless if I want to or not. Oh, Anyways, funny. but, but we can get a private session. You'll tell me your rates later and maybe we can work on some of my personal issues, but really thank <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much for that uh, recommendation. And again, I know we've taken already a significant amount of your time. So if our listeners want to learn more about you and they want to learn more about perhaps some of the services and products that you offer, where's the best way? Is there one best place for them to go or there's several places 
what would you recommend? I would say I'd love to have them in my Facebook group. I call it Actionable Entrepreneurs, and they can actually get to it. I bought the URL, which is a little trick. So it's actionableentrepreneurs.com, and it actually takes you into my private Facebook group. You know, ask to come in. I just ask what you do for a living, and I bring you in, and I go live almost every day there to help everyone take action and get past things that are, um, get past their fears, get past their blocks, and give solid tips on growing their businesses. Um, and of course, they can find me on my website, which is my name, nancygansacoffer.com. So I don't know if you have show notes, but hopefully you will. And that'll we show will. There. We will definitely link up to it in the show notes. And I will not make everybody remember it now, especially <laughs> if they're driving. They should not be stopping to write it down. They'll just be able to check out the show notes at schmallseptimus.com and also on iTunes and wherever they are downloading the podcast from, it will be available there as well. Okay, excellent. Any final tip before we let you go for someone who is struggling to find the right job or the, to start the right business and they, they just, wherever they are, they don't either recognize the need or haven't yet to find their passion. Is there any final tip that you would give them before we let you go today? You know, I feel like it's so canned, but it's really true. Hire a coach or, or go to a person who you trust that may be not too close to you that can really give you an outside perspective. Listen to you speak about what you enjoyed doing in your past um, and help you fine tune and brainstorm on ideas of what you can do that could get you out of your nine to five unenjoyable job and get you into a nine to five enjoyable job and help you fight through those fears of all the changes that creates. Awesome. I know that is true. It does sound a little bit canned, but, no, it, but the true. truth, it is, it is true. I've <laughs> tried it myself. Made, but <laughs> it's, it's, and it really doesn't. You have to connect with the person. Um, but like I said, there are people who do this without charging. And usually it is somebody in your, you could find someone in a, your circle or the next circle out. And you just become accountability partners to each other. You just support each other and you create your own little mastermind. Um, so that's possible too. You don't always have to pay somebody to get yourself to the next level. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nancy, for giving us some of your time today. Uh, I, there's there was so much in there that I'm sure our listeners will be able to gain from tremendously. And again, any of the resources or tools or links that you mentioned that either of us mentioned throughout this episode will be in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. What a wonderful episode with Nancy. And of course, as mentioned, all the links will be in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show so far, please do me a little favor and head over to iTunes or whatever app you're using to listen to your podcast and leave me a review. That will definitely help the show grow. Thank you. And until next time, go out there and be your true self and stop worrying about what anybody else says.